what a, what a blessing it is where we get to enjoy this kind of time together. And one of the amazing components, I think, of the story of the shepherd's praise, I remember hearing this story from the time that I was a young boy, uh, whether it was at Christmas time or whether it was at uh, various times in, in junior church or at various Sunday school classes as a, as a young boy, and just imagining in my own mind what that night must have been like. And then, and then I got a chance to travel to Israel and sit in, uh, just out of, out, uh, in Bethlehem and look over what you're seeing now, which is the shepherd's fields in Bethlehem. And just thinking and sitting there and reflecting on the story, thinking it was just somewhere, just right out there, that these angelic hosts broke through the heavens and be, began to declare one of the most glorious things to all humanity that had been promised from long ago, from the time of the prophets. And we can remind ourselves of where we've been in our Christmas, uh, in our Christmas season series. We've talked about Isaiah when he said, and I remember thinking this as, as, we were, as I was looking over these fields, this Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, I don't know what, it was like, what it's been like for you when you've heard the stories of the shepherd's praise, but you can only imagine for all the, the, the Jewish individuals who from, from long ago in their lives, from stories after stories, from mom and dad and grandpa and grandma and great-grandpa and grandma saying, one day there is going to come a king who will rule and reign. No doubt, they probably had these little small children saying to them, but mom, but dad, when? When is he going to come? When are we going to see him? They say, well, you got to be patient because we don't know. And then to have that night, as Ben, as Pastor Ben spoke just a Sunday ago about Mary's song. And Mary would say this in Luke 1, 46 and 47. It says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She continues in verse number 50 and says, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This king who is born during this particular time that we celebrate is the king of all kings, he's the lord of all lords, and the prince of peace which Isaiah promised. That he announced to his people in times of dire hardship and exile. That Mary was rejoicing over as she, as she thought about this baby in her womb. Thinking this is the prince of peace. I'll tell you this morning, the shepherds had no doubt a similar kind of uh, exciting moment in their life. And this morning I want to just really highlight this perspective that this Prince of Peace, he has come and there is real peace, the real peace is possible for those who fear him. Real peace that you can have, not like the world gives, Jesus says, but a peace that you can have in your soul that was announced by angelic hosts to these individuals and, they were, and it was this promised Messiah that would say peace is possible 
for you and I. And this could not be one of the, this could be one of the greatest news that humanity could have ever heard, that this peace of God was available to them. And this morning, I want to talk about two facets of this, this particular peace as we walk through this story. First of all, I want to talk about peace provided. And what kind of peace, by the way, are we talking about? If you think about the children of Israel for a moment, and being under Roman rule, and before that, a, a different rule, and before that, a different rule, and before that, under a different rule, and 400 years of silence that went by, just longing for a day where the, the Messiah would come and a king would be born, the promises would be fulfilled, Rome would be eliminated, and their king would sit on the throne and allow them freedom on every level of worship to their God that they had longed for. It wasn't political peace they were looking for, even though, unfortunately, in their mind, they were looking more for the political peace and the, the kingdoms to be disposed of, like Rome. But that's not the peace that he was talking about when the angel came and offered this level of peace. He's talking about a peace that you can have in your soul. You know what I'm talking about, that uneasiness in your own heart, that all of a sudden, at some moment in your life, you pondered for just maybe even a brief moment, sometime long ago, where you thought to yourself, there's something wrong with my relationship with God. That moment when all of a sudden, the Lord, the Lord brought to your attention your greatest need, and it wasn't some political endeavor. It wasn't to have a different ruler. It was something deeper, that you had a need that was fulfilled in this coming child, the one, the Emmanuel. That need was for a savior, for a soul that was lost, a soul that was rebellious toward God, a soul that would, by their own means, never want anything to do with God. And all of a sudden, you asked yourself the question, is it even possible to have this kind of peace and assurance? Even today, so many people, as you share the gospel, they'll, they'll say this one thing when you, when you share with them that you can know for sure that you can have eternal life. You know, many people will often say to you, that's not possible. This baby in a manger was the affirmation of the peace that is available to all humanity to fix the problem of sin in each and every one of our lives. Apart from this child, apart from the rejoicing, all, all this exuberant joy that was going on, it was for us that the Lord Jesus Christ, as part of the united trinity from eternity past, said, I will go and I will wrap myself in human form one who had always existed from time past. And I will take on humanity and I will die for them and provide a peace that is, avail that, that is not available without me. All oh, these shepherds, no doubt, as they were interesting, they were out in their fields in the same region watching over their sheep as they always had done. I mean, shepherding was a common factor in Israel and Many theologians will even say, well, most often the sheep at Bethlehem would likely have been used for some level of, of sacrifice at the temple. They were grazing as they would always have done. 
thinking about the peace that they longed for, the peace that Zechariah would sit in the temple and wait for the consummation of Israel, that the king would come longing for this peace that would be provided. You could only imagine what it would have been like that night. Probably you just hunkered all your sheep down in the fold, you brought them through the door, you laid at the entrance, you had a number of people of other shepherds who were there watching over to make sure the wolves didn't uh, eat any of your sheep. And you were doing your thing, probably drifting off into some level of slumber as a shepherd, and all of a sudden you see that. I mean, and then the angel says, to them in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, and the angel said to them, fear not. Now, (laughs) do you think you would have been without fear at that moment? (laughs) I think every single one of us, if we would have happened to be out in the field that night and you'd have seen that level of glory of the Lord shown around them, you would have dropped to your knees and have been so afraid. I can only think in my own mind, of course, just conjecturing, but in reality, uh, the angelic host who understood the salvation that was somewhat going to be offered through the sending of the son and the baby in a manger and all the other angels that came prior to this, that every time they're probably like, you're going to go and you're going to show up and everybody's going to be afraid of you. So you're going to have to tell them, don't be afraid. (laughs) Sure enough, the the angel shows up. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city uh, city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You think about the nature of this response of the shepherds, no doubt in their minds, dumbfounded as to what they were currently experiencing. I mean, an angelic host, I mean, what would happen all of a sudden if the angel just showed up in our service? I think he, he would have to maybe say, fear not for a little while. And yet here he was proclaiming the good news. It was supposed to change, by the way. This message was supposed to change their affections, bring a level of joy and excitement into their lives. It wasn't something like you just... All of a sudden, an angel showed up and like, hey, it's just an angel. There was something about the angelic host, an angelic message, and there's something about the good news of the gospel, Christian, that ought to excite your soul in such a way that you just can't keep that message in. See, Christians who love what's going on at Christmas just can't help but going and telling people why. I love this time of the year because it's, it's really easy to say to somebody, so what was your religious tradition? during, when, as you celebrated Christmas. Because I want to hear where their excitement is all about. No, it's not about gifts. And I know there's a lot of children here this morning, and they're thinking, don't go long today of all days. I won't, guys. I won't. Just for you. It's not the gifts, is it? It's the precious gift of Jesus Christ born in a manger, the one who came to provide peace for the entirety of the world. Do you notice this as as we think about provision of peace? The angel said to them, in this particular passage when he walked through it, he said uh, said this, he said, 
and this, and, and this peace is going to be provided. It's good news for all the people. Well, which people? Well, one, it's certainly good news for the Jews. They have long awaited for their Messiah. Luke certainly records all throughout his gospel, the people had been longing for this day when Jesus Christ, when their Messiah would come and rule and reign. But I think Luke gives us just a hint that all the people is not, is not only Jewish people. I think it's in Mary's song when it says, he will have mercy to all those who fear him. I think it's in Luke's gospel when he starts out at the very beginning, when he says, I write this to you, O Theophilus, who was not a Jew. Because he's laying out the legitimacy of the gospel story so there could be affirmation that this Jesus truly came in earth history to save the souls of men and bring peace to the world. Oh man, I'll tell you what, I long for that day when real, genuine peace will not only be in my heart, but it will be captured in every corner of the world and experienced by every people group who, have, who, have, who exist. This angelic host came to these lowly shepherds who, by the way, were not the, the most sought-after position in the first century world. And I think it's a picture that Jesus cares about those who at times looked at others and say they were insignificant, were doing, living insignificant lives, doing insignificant things, and who does he come to first? The people who appeared to everyone else as insignificant. And this angelic host comes and says, no, you're going to get to spread the good, to, good tidings of great joy that will be to all people everywhere. Oh, these angels no doubt experienced this particular venue when they said that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. This gives you a textual key this baby was not just a, a, a child, a normal child who would come and be, would, would be a normal Jew. He would come, he would be a savior of the world. Even Mary said this, my God, my savior. When we look at what this baby came to do, the saving was what was needed. A world and a people who had been lost in their own sin. I cannot imagine or think of a greater or kinder act from an individual who would see the need of all humanity everywhere, knowing that it was impossible for them to ever choose God and to have a relationship after what happened at the fall. And a father in heaven and a son who would come and wrap himself in all of our, our humanness so that he could come to be our savior. The good news of this was that the provision of peace for your soul and mine was not just offered to a select group of people. It wasn't just the Jews. It was Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, and the like. It was anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord could be saved. This provision The Apostle Peter talks about in 2 Peter 3, he says, 
The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The angels were told that evening, there's a sign. There's a baby in a manger. I want you to go to Bethlehem. I want you to search out and find this baby. Now, just recognize the sign for a moment. The sign was the manger. It was the baby in a manger. Now, if you understood how, how this happened when Mary and Joseph traveled all the way to Bethlehem and they said there was no room for them at the inn and it wasn't like, well, we'll just put you up in some other house or some other friend's house. There was no room and so they were put up. What would often happen in the ancient Near Eastern world when they would be uh, when they would be watching the sheep and they would be making houses, is they would be carving out a rock quarry all these kind of rocks to build the houses that they lived in. And out of that particular rock quarry became a cave. And in that cave, they put it to use and they would often put their animals in that cave. And they would go and they would say, and, and this innkeeper would have said, or this person in the house would have said, we have no more room here that you can stay out with the rest of the animals. Now, what did the animals eat out of? Well, they carved out of that particular uh, rock in that cave. They would have carved out what we understand as a manger, but was a feeding trough. I know all of you moms that are expectant mothers, you're thinking, that's exactly where I want to put my child the moment they're born. You wonder how many times she cleaned it with no sanitizer? How many times they just thought, what is going on? Here we are, no place to stay, and they have this baby. And here come these shepherds coming into Bethlehem, finding this place where the sign would have been shown to them. What was it? They come to this cave. They see Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a feeding trough. Why is that the sign? Because I guarantee you there probably wasn't other babies in feeding troughs like uh, I don't know. There was one. And this baby would have been the Emmanuel of Isaiah 9. The Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, wrapped in human flesh, lying in a manger for you and for me so that we could have the peace that we longed for. Do you imagine what was going through these shepherds' minds? I mean, here they come, they see exactly what the angelic host described. And now all of a sudden in the midst of it, even prior to them coming, uh, we want to understand that peace is provided, but peace is experienced. I mean, could you imagine? They're in the shepherd's field, and the one angel says to them, in the city of David, a Savior's born to you, and all of a sudden that breaks out was the entire angelic host of heaven? I mean, no one even could put a number on the, in the word host because they think it's that big. Because host has the idea of some kind of army of the host of heaven. I imagine. I mean, it's a good thing the first one said fear not when everyone else showed up. Because now in unison, they would say this most incredible statement. Whether it was saying, whether it was said, I'll leave that up to you. But they said this remarkable statement. 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Oh, glory to God in the highest of heaven. In the place where God himself resided. From the place from which these angelic beings came from. There was glory in the heavens in a way that these shepherds had never seen before. And they made this statement. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You'll often, maybe, often on signs or various pictures or various Christian decor places, you'll see that, that statement, and goodwill to men. But the real question in the text really is, is how they've stated it here, that there is peace among those whom he, God, is pleased. Who are these people? Do you realize that these are the people who experience the real, genuine peace? See, peace is available to everyone. It is only applied to those who repent and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. These are what the Ephesians in Paul, what Paul says, are the elect. Those who are predestined by their God. These are the ones who experience the the pleasures of the peace. And that peace, if you're here this morning, let me say to you, this peace is offered to you and you can experience it. If you trust in Jesus Christ to be the savior of your sins, of your life, if you repent of your sins and trust in him, this baby's coming was for all humanity to have peace with God. But that peace is only going to be really and genuinely experienced in the heart by those, by those who among him are the ones that he would call the ones I am pleased with. Christians, if you're a believer and you have repented of your sin and trusted in Jesus Christ, this is you. You are one in whom you get to experience being the the one who is now a pleasing sight and a special aroma to God. We are those people whom the angels talked about, the peace among those with whom he is pleased. Do we get that? Do we get that pleasure because we're some good group of people? Do we get that pleasure somehow because we've done a bunch of good works? Or because we've, we've done good things and bought a lot of good gifts for a lot of good people? No. We get to experience peace when we recognize our greatest need and accept the greatest gift that will ever be given to you that is freely offered as a Savior who could take away your sins. If you're here this morning and you're contemplating a moment in your life, you're thinking, Hey, someone invited me. It was Christmas Day, and it's on a Sunday. So I'll go to church. But you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. This could be the start of a remarkable day and for years to come. And a soul that could be so filled with peace. A peace that you will, ne- will, never, that you will never look back and say, Oh, that wasn't worth it a peace that only Jesus could provide. This angelic host who would come and say this 
would offer peace on earth to all of those who would hear this message. The fact that peace can exist between a God, the God of heaven, and who we sin against, and we now stand in separation from this baby provided the, the, the circumstance by which we could have a savior and find peace once again with God. Apart from that peace, the opposite will be true, that God's wrath is upon people who don't experience that peace and repentance in their own soul. That's why this information in the Bible, the story of the baby in a manger is so important because it, it provides peace for the entirety of the world. The same peace that we know that Isaiah 53 said that all we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way and on him was laid the iniquity of us all. And in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, I love this text, he says, therefore since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ who we know would shed his blood on the cross for our sin. I'll tell you what, those, those shepherds that night got far more than they could have ever imagined as they watched their sheep that night. The angel showed up, the angelic host, who came to proclaim this incredible news of the Messiah, would say to them, go, look for the baby in a manger. And you know what happened? exactly what the angel said. They found the baby, they found the manger, and they couldn't stop talking about it. I love how he ends this particular section. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. And the verse right before that says this, and all, and all who heard it from the shepherds wondered at what the shepherds had told them. In a common vernacular, like, what is going on? It's exactly what they said. Are you sure it was angels? I am pretty sure. We were scared out of our mind. This is what they told us. This is exactly what we found. The confirmation of that statement was found by the shepherds. And now, when they saw that baby in a manger, they, they even struggled with wrapping their minds around this one child who would be the savior of the world, their savior. Mary pondered and treasured up all these statements from the shepherds in her heart. And it became continual confirmation that this was the child that the angel told her she would have. The angels confirmed it to her. The angelic host confirmed it to the shepherds. And the shepherds became a confirming agent, even to Mary and Joseph, once again. Because God is a person of his word. Oh, Christian, can I just tell you this morning, as you're enjoying Christmas with family, the message of salvation in this baby in a manger is not something to just take as some trivial event in earth history. It's something that ought to spark a joy in your life. That this baby came for you. He took upon himself human flesh and would later take upon himself in that flesh the sins of the entire world so that you, cannot, you and I would be able to find peace with God. They were excited about the message 
They were excited about this Messiah, the Christ child in the manger. They were, excite, they were excited and they were glorifying God as they went away. And it says in verse 20, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. I mean, I wonder how many months it stopped for them to stop talking about it. Like, I mean, every Christmas story, like, imagine their grandkids, like, Grandpa, tell us the angel story again. How, what did they say? What did they look like? How did they sound? Did they all sing it? Did they say it? What did they do? For years to come, this became the tradition and the history. I would say to you this morning, Christian, rejoice. Peace has not only been provided for you, Christian, has been applied to your account because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ who came in a manger, who wrapped himself in flesh, who took on the sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the world to provide peace to all who would desire it, who would repent and trust in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you want that, and you think, I've never thought about that. I need that peace. Would you do this? Would you come find somebody? Come find one of the elders? Come find a faithful Christian friend? We're gonna show you the peace that is available to you. Christians, don't forget today, as you rejoice with family and friends and celebrate over, over food and fellowship together, that the reason for this excitement is Jesus Christ alone. That God the Father in heaven cared enough about you and I to send his only son in a manger to die a death we, couldn't, we, could, we would never be able to die for ourselves so that we could experience the very peace of God. Rejoice. Rejoice together as you go uh, from this place. And I would encourage you, as you're thinking about it, Go back, read the Christmas story if you haven't done it already as a family. Read it in your devotions multiple times this week and rejoice as you reflect together about these wonderful things. One of the things that you'll see, uh, you can go to our church blog. I would encourage you to do that. There is a video at the very end of a blog that I had posted about three days ago that has a video from the Bible expedition we just watched together and our family worship last night about the shepherds in the field and I would encourage you, if, take a moment during your Christmas week. Sit down. It's about 30 minutes, and you're going to really enjoy uh, being able to reflect on this particular message uh, that was shared with these shepherds in the field of the one who would care for their soul and bring them ultimate peace. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, your kindness surpasses any kind of kindness that we have ever experienced in our life. Lord, the joy that, that comes in the deepest corners of our soul because we are at peace with you, Lord. Lord, we, we desire for all to know this peace. Lord, we long for the world to experience what you've offered to them and for it to be applied to their account. Lord, help us to be diligent at being joy-filled, but also, like the shepherds, share this news with all the people that you have put around us so that we might be joyous together. In your name we pray, amen.